When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast devoted to discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by my co-host Chris Bruffett. Chris, we're in a new year, a new year for Fury's Finest, and a new year for Marvel Crisis Protocol. How are you feeling today? New year, same me. All X-Men. Let's go. <laughs> I feel great, Jesse. How are you, man? We've got a lot to catch up on, Chris. Yep. I've been sick these last couple of weeks. You know, lots happened within the last month. We had your birthday. We just had my birthday, but we also had Christmas, New Year's, a lot going on. And on top of that, we had our huge MCU Spider-Man No Way Home episode, which was a beast to tackle. I'm happy we got through it. I'm happy we got through the production of it too, because... It's a big one. If you haven't listened to it, please listen, because we're really proud of like actually somehow covering most of the plot, even though we skipped over a lot. (laughs) We skipped over a lot. I haven't heard anybody be able to tackle that whole movie. I just haven't. I feel like we got as close as we can, you know? Oh, yeah. I think think we did a good job, but man, it's just such a beast. Like every scene is a callback. Every scene has Easter eggs everywhere, everything. It's, It's pretty cool. Yeah, we've been really busy here, and I was sick the last couple of weeks, so I'm really happy to be back. But also, we I really hope you guys enjoyed those episodes we just dropped, where it was me and Omnis building Guardians of the Galaxy. Omnis and I have been trying to do that for quite some time. It was really exciting to get those out, and we hope that the patrons stay tuned for some bonus content with Omnis as well, that Asgardian patrons and up, because, you know, we're really trying to get that bonus feed of After Dark going for you guys, putting out as much as we can. That's a big goal for 2022. That is a big goal for 2022. And of course, going to more events is another big goal of ours to represent the game and the show and just play more in person and like get to experience what we never got to experience in this game chris to be frank yeah stomping your opponents into the ground while staring them into the eyes yeah there you go that would be scott's motto war is war there are no rules i man i am gonna be running i am gonna be running scott's affiliation this year this is the year uh especially with that new tactic card that that, that's coming new models all kinds it's over man it's over it's all x x x-men team blue here on out i love it honestly 
I think it's getting very viable in all seriousness. I, I yeah, I mean, I hereby renounce my friendship with Cable and Jean Grey is my new best friend. Yep. Jean Grey is your high threat model. That's the way it goes. Also, we have the new Furious Finance League starting up in a couple weeks, which is very exciting. So many things, Chris, so many things. But to start, before we even get into what today's episode is about, which is we're going to do a retrospective of 2021, just like we did last year in January, we did a retrospective of 2020. This is a way to kind of catch you up on what our show did throughout the year and what Marvel Crisis Protocol did throughout the year and kind of prep for the new year because a lot happened this year, Chris, and I feel like a lot's going to happen this coming year. And this is kind of like the calm before the storm where we can kind of collect our thoughts we talk about all the things that happened in Marvel Crisis Protocol, the MCU, and on Fury's Finest, and kind of look back a little bit at what, how we approached the year. And it's going to feel weird, man, because some of this stuff feels longer than a year ago, and it wasn't. The last few years have just moved by at a snail's pace. And I'm looking back right now at our the first you know, few episodes we did of the year, and yeah, man, we were right in that that mutant, you know, X-Men season. Yep. We were in the throes. That feels like a lifetime ago. It absolutely does. And now we're getting a new X-Men wave coming in quarter one. If we want to make that an annual tradition of X-Men waves in quarter one, I'd be super into it. I really would too, because there's so many characters with the X-Men and that's a good way to do it, Chris. I don't think it should be all dumped it wants, though oh, I know no. all the X-Men fans no, no, no. want that. I don't think it's healthy for the life of the game. I think we get them like in small waves every once in a while. That's the way to go. And that also allows the power sets to keep up with the power creep and meta changes and, and everything like that. Whereas a lot of these teams, you know, that got dropped early and there's not a whole lot of, you know, room for expansion on the team. I'm thinking of the Guardians right now, thinking right. of the Black Order. Yeah. Those teams, they're, they're kind of done for now. There's a few things you could do with the Guardians. We could add Mantis. Uh, we could add Yondu. We could, we could do some things, but a few Black Order left too. Only a few, but there's a little bit, uh, in some newer canon. Yeah. But man, when you think about the X-Men, not only have they barely scratched the surface of the characters, they have barely scratched the surface of the amount of teams they could have or leadership affiliations. Just, it's honestly going to be a little, world in its own in mcp before it's over absolutely and you know maybe we'll see the gold team the blue team and x-force all evolve in different ways pick your poison my hope is to run a mutant only tournament one of these days with no overlapping teams that sounds exciting chris before we get into this retrospective of 2021 i do have a quick thing to mention something that's unbeknownst to you as well which is going to be very exciting to talk about on Uh-oh. the show oh no so this is for you and the listeners because I can something I can actually talk about. But there's an OP kit out now in the world called Domain of the Dread Dormammu. It just came out. This is why I can talk about it because I was the individual who designed this kit and developed it with, of course, a lot of excellent help from Pagani. But this is my creation and it's out in the world. And that's all I can say about it, really. But I hope you enjoy it. It's a asymmetrical scenario. So that's super exciting alone, and that was one of my favorite things about doing it was the asymmetry. I had no idea. This is super, super exciting. I cannot wait to play patrons with this OP kit. Mm, yeah. We're going to break it. 
and then tell you about it. <laughs> Please do. Since it is asymmetrical, you can switch sides and get a completely different experience, and you can build whatever team you want on either side. In my mind, it's the precursor to the Dormammu Ultimate Encounter. So it's like the mission before the Dormammu Ultimate Encounter, which I still yet have not played because I just got my Dormammu and I'm just getting him assembled and eventually we'll get him painted. But that's a way to look at it. You know, I can't talk about the process or anything like that, but I can finally say that I did it. And any listeners that play that, I hope you enjoy it. That's just exciting to me that it's out in the world and people get to play it and enjoy it. That is super exciting. I, for one, cannot wait to play it. But with that said, we have to move on and thank the patrons. Fury's Finest is supported by Discount Games, Inc. Go to DiscountGamesInc.com for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol and miniature gaming needs. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at Patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy our show, consider supporting with a monthly contribution. We take this time to thank all of our patrons who help us keep our lights on. You know, Chris, as a content creator and a podcaster for many, many years, this is the time of the year when most patrons like drop out. This is when numbers get low. This is just how it goes. I understand that completely, but the patrons that are around right now, it really means a lot to us because this is kind of a dip in the year for content creators. It's kind of a weird inverse with the rest of the world. Other people get time off. Sometimes they get bonuses, they get tips, all sorts of stuff during the holiday seasons. Content creators, it's a little different because clearly everyone's got a lot going on and a lot of financial things and you got to cut corners on your Patreons and stuff at the time. And we got a new year. We have a lot of things planned for the show. Number one, we talked about the After Dark series. That's for the Asgardian patrons and up. And Chris and I are just kind of letting loose in there. And the first episodes were well received. And we're just kind of let the mics roll. And we're going to do that. A lot of interesting things there, like list building, random conversations, stories from our lives, all sorts of fun stuff like that. You know, Chris, you and I did recently on the first episode of that series, we did talk about our history with tabletop gaming and PC gaming and kind of how it led us to MCP eventually. But we talked about the long journey that got us there. And that was really fun. That was very fun. And I still remember the day we we all saw that that, uh, promo pick for MCP on the Mm. way. Yeah, Gen Con. The, the Gen Con promo pick just and everybody freaking out, you know, before we even had any idea that we'd ever do a podcast together. That's true. And how solid the game even was. Yeah. Yep. But we do have a new patron to thank this week, Chris, which is very exciting. We're going to thank Hugo Plagueis the Wise. Have you ever heard the tragedy of Hugo Plagueis? I haven't, but I can't wait to. Well, it's not a story the Jedi would tell you. Of course it's not. Oh, no. And I know a few other folks that want to hear that just horrid tale. And that's our Avenger-level producers, Zack Attack, Rusty, and Dylan. Thank you, as always, guys. We appreciate you more than you know. Thank you, patrons. All right, Chris, let's get into this episode. So, Chris, starting off today, we are going to look at where we left off at the end of 2020. We ended this year on... December 31st, 2020, we released our Cerebro commentary of X-Men First Class, which is very exciting because <laughs> we were in the throes of the X season. So we had just finished Wolverine. We did our commentary First Class, which we we're going to return to that because that was really fun. And then we did our retrospective of 2020. So the beginning of this year, 2021, 
we did all of the Brotherhood. That's Magneto, Mystique, Toad, and Sabretooth. We did them in that order. It was planned that way. These were pretty in-depth episodes, to be honest, and we had a lot of fun digging into the Brotherhood. Interesting enough, they've gotten Scarlet Witch since these episodes came out. They've also getting Juggernaut in the spring of this year. Oh, man, I can't wait. So we'll probably return to the Brotherhood this year and bring in those other members that we get. But this was a fun way to start the year, you know, is it was fun way to finish the X season, but that's, what's crazy, Chris, like the X-Men came out in the fall of 2020, you know, and we, we kind of did all fall and winter, the X-Men, we finished it early winter. And then you and I moved on to Ant-Man and Wasp. And that's of course, Scott Lang and Janet Van Dyne. And, you know, it's just fun to start the year off this way. It's a lot of heady characters in this this mm. group with Magneto, eh, Mystique to a point, but Ant Man and Wasp, they're they're big brain. That's they true. Can do a lot. I learned a lot with our Mystique and Sabretooth episodes just about their backstory, like how more rich their backstories were than I even thought, and how bad of people they were too, and their backstories more than I thought. Just horrid, yeah. Yeah. So I know a lot of that's been retconned in different ways, but you know. That was the beginning of our year. Now, what's interesting, Chris, is we immediately moved on. We started doing our Defenders. So we did Doctor Strange and Wong together in one episode. And immediately after that, we were actually planning on continuing our Defenders. But then AMG dropped on us the mini Stravaganza 1. How exciting was that? That was exciting because we... We got a lot of stuff revealed to us. You know, they dropped all these ways we didn't even know about. We got things like Domino Sin, Viper, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, all these reveals that were coming, which was interesting because you and I were in the throes of starting our Defenders. Right. But Mini Stravaganza 1 was in March, April, and that's when we did our episode. And if you go back and listen to that episode, we cover every single reveal from Mini Stravaganza 1. And there's a lot there, and we were very excited. And it was kind of fun to see AMG take the state of the world into their own hands, Chris. They were like, you know, we're not going to build around Gen Con and Adepticon if they're not happening in person. We're gonna just going to do our own thing. We're going to be on our terms. And, you know, they already run the gambit with Gen Con the year before. We talked about how they won Gen Con when they revealed oh, the, mutants, yeah. the mutants and so many other things. But it was kind of a crazy curveball for AMG to say... We're going to have mini extravaganza. It's going to be a reoccurring thing. And it's going to be this weekend of panels, reveals, and streams. And we hope you're going to enjoy it with us. And we did. Absolutely did. Learned a lot. Got to, you know, kind of feel a little bit closer to, to the creators of mm. the game. Yeah. Every time they do one of those things, and I think that mini, that first mini extravaganza was just absolutely mind-blowing. I remember they they really won the internet that week in the same way they won Gen Con. Just the, the whole, you know, tabletop gaming space was kind of blown away by AMG that week or a couple of weeks or whatever. But it's just nuts to me how at the beginning of every year they'll set a tone and let you know what we're go- what we're going to kind of experience and yep. the the way the I don't hate to use this word, but you know, it is it is overused, but you know, kind of the way the meta is going to shape the direction of the game is is what I mean by that, and it's just so so exciting, and I'm really looking forward to the next one. Honestly, 
And, you know, we got two this year, so that's just the first one, which is crazy. But moving on, you and I did an episode. It was one of our most successful and listened to episodes of the year, Chris. We did an episode on Ghost Rider, Jonathan Blaze. That was really fun. And of course, immediately after Ghost Rider, we went straight into the Punisher, Frank Castle. So that was a really fun spring moment for us to kind of be in the Defenders and in that world for a while. Absolutely. And even just kind of talking about it, just kind of puts you back in the headspace of, of where the game was at the time. Yeah. And it feels like it's been, and I think a lot of that has to do with the kind of errata and, and update to a lot of the characters, but it, sure. just, it feels like a completely different game. Well, a different time we were living too. I mean, the world was still a very different place at this time last year and a lot was going on during this time. And you can hear that in our episodes, Chris, you and I talk about this in our twenty. 20 retrospective, but it's one of those things where it's like a lot has happened over the last couple of years in the world and to us personally. And that's all on the show, man. Like a lot of it, we we just lay bare. I mean, we're not getting super deep and overly sharing, but we, you know, our show is a little bit different than some other show gaming shows out there. We want you to get to know us and also what's going on in our lives at the time. And we want you to be on that journey with us as we go throughout the year together. And I think a lot of that's during this time, the spring and summer, Chris. We went through a lot the last couple of years and just speaking personally. And yeah, uh, we have never hidden that on the show, but I'd never wanted to. Right. I've always wanted to create that that kind of relationship uh, with folks. And uh, we, we sure do appreciate you guys being along for the ride and, and being sharing in this love of mcp and and the mcu with us and uh absolutely yeah, just talking about this gets me all gets me all emotional Jeez, it does and it's been an emotional year for mcp and the mcu and then you add our normal lives on top of that and there's a lot so moving on we did another news episode where we talked about another bunch of reveals and cards we got chris that were very exciting that we had not seen at the time mr sinister scarlet witch quicksilver black cat the new banned and restricted updated list big stuff man big stuff we saw the reveal of the man that would change the game forever sam wilson that's true sam wilson and war machine of course being revealed alongside omega red gene gray very exciting. And at the same time, Chris, you and I dove deep into our street level series, starting with Bullseye and Taskmaster, going into Daredevil, Kingpin. And around the same time, Atomic Mass revealed the Spider-Foes wave, which is very exciting. Mm. Kind of blew us away. Lizard, Craven, Mysterio, Carnage all got revealed. And then you and I did our Black Widow review, our first MCU movie in a long time on the show. Was it our first MCU movie on the show ever that was a new MCU movie? I think it maybe was, Chris, because the I MCU was put be. on hold. That's true. Yeah, you're right. That was the return of the MCU. So yeah, I think that was our first current movie to do or, or new movie. I should say. Which is crazy. And, you know, our thoughts are laid bare there. And, you know, I, I think we stand by our review thoughts on that movie in particular because we talk about in our Spider-Man No Way Home and our Shang-Chi and our Eternals episodes. Like, we look back at the previous movies that same year every single time, kind of rank them, compare them. And I, I think 2022 will be no different. In fact, we'll have more movies and more shows, Chris. We'll have more things to look at together. Too much. Now, we get to the fall 
I mentioned we did Kingpin, but around the same time we did our news episode that kind of covered all the new reveals once again. Moon Knight, Blade, Ancient One, Baron Mordo, Dormammu, Doctor Voodoo. That was a big, big episode for us. That was one that was very difficult to get through and very difficult cult to produce to get all in the one episode but that's episode 66 we hope you enjoy it because there's a lot there to unpack chris with those characters we went through all those cards and we're going to go through those cards again in the future when we do our convocation and dark dimension focused series which is coming this year but if you want to get our thoughts on those characters cards now check out that episode 66 but not shortly after that we got the trailer for spider-man no way home and you and I did a episode about what the future of the MCU could look like. And then we did an episode covering Loki. All of it. What a great show. What a just great show. My favorite show of the year, even though I enjoyed all of them. And I, I'm waiting for more. I'm a little bit iffy on uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I need to rewatch it. I said I enjoyed all of them. I didn't say I loved all of them, but fair. That's fair. And just like kind of going back to that that era like our next episode after that is kind of what i want to touch on this next episode is episode 70 is when we further dive into convocation oh yeah tactics cards hood dr strange sorcerer supreme and clea and just what a wild time that was with especially with just the dormammu buzz yeah just crazy right I, I'm really excited for the game to hit that that news high again here in the uh, here in the new year. It's it's coming. It's it's a month or two away. It's going to be super super exciting. But of course, I'm also super excited to play more in person, which is the biggest change, right? And that's very exciting. Moving on, Chris, we got mini extravaganza two on episode 71 we did a overview and reveals episode that covered everything for mini extravaganza there was a lot the biggest thing that caught us off guard was the errated character cards tactics cards everything that came out with that was absolutely insane and then i did a deep dive episode with omnis about the first character cards that were revealed from mini extravaganza about that but also mini extravaganza gave us the next trailer for mutants wave two Mini Stravaganza showed us a lot of new models that were coming out, just even outside the mutants in general, which was a crazy thing. And then we cover all that, and then we have our first tournament here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we do our tournament report episode on that. What a fun tournament. What a great time. Uh, fun episode. And I'm very much looking forward to the next tournament report because I've got some I've got some plans on how to even improve an already fun episode. Yeah, and we didn't do a tournament report on the November tournament because, Chris, you had to work and I was there. I'm thinking we're still going to do that, at least in some form, whether it's on the After Dark series or what. But the next tournament is very soon. So you and I are hoping to do a tournament report on that. But moving on, Chris, we continued our street level series with Luke Cage and Danny Rand, the Iron Fist. Please go read Iron Fist comics. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's true. And I, I really, I'm really proud of these episodes, Chris, because I feel like we distilled their lore and their strategy even more than we normally do because these characters have changed a lot since the 70s. And we kind of focus on that element. We focus on the newer version of the characters that is canon. But we also talk about the old version of the characters too, like where they get to where they are now. We do the same thing in strategy, you know? And I think that's something we're trying to do on the show going forward, right? Absolutely. 
100%. Rather than do the entire history of a character, we're going to hit on the main points and then focus on the elements and the story elements that make them who they are today, especially. Especially kind of the version that's being brought to us in the game, mm. of course, because, for example, you know, we have two Spider-Men, we are two Peter Parkers, we have two uh, Stephen Stranges, both represent different points along those characters' journeys in the Marvel Universe. So what we want to try to go do going forward, especially given heroes that will likely have second, maybe even third versions, is really try to hit on the era that Atomic Mass is bringing us with that specific character. Couldn't agree more. Now, moving on, Chris, we did two really fun episodes. We did our review of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. What a great movie. If you watch that movie, please listen to the episode. I feel like we've got a lot of interesting and fun things to say. Maybe we'll give you another appreciation for the movie if you didn't quite love it. Or maybe if you loved it, I don't know. We'll have things to say that pique your interest. But we did also, right after that, Chris, do one of my favorite episodes of the year, the Midnight Suns Overview and Horror and Marvel, our Halloween special episode. Really, really fun. I think... You should expect Halloween specials from us going forward. Yes. Dear listeners. Yeah, that was awesome. And that was that was really fun. It was really fun. And, and you and I got to give our first pass in the Midnight Suns, even though we haven't done Blade's episode yet. So oh, can't wait. That's kind of the precursor to our Blade episode. So listen to that if you want to get ready for our Midnight Suns episodes. Now, we did a very fun, exciting thing that was completely not my doing. It was... Jacob from Xavier Protocols organized the Marvel Christ Protocol Illuminati Worldwide Community Roundtable. It's a massive episode with a massive amount of content creators, every single one in a different time zone, different location on the planet Earth, talking about Marvel Christ Protocol. Logistical nightmare. He pulled it off, got us together. But what a feat. Yeah, what a feat. What a cool thing. And he gave me everybody's files and I produced the episode and put it out. And this is a really fun episode. Episode 78. And we talk about so many elements of the game, competitive to casual, with all the things in between. And we have so many creative and wonderful, diverse people on this cast that you should check out this episode alone just to listen to what they have to say and then check out their content, which I have linked in the show notes. But moving on, Chris, you and I do a Marvel Crisis Protocol rules, tactic card, and banned and restricted list update. That's, of course, the giant update for MCP. We cover it all. I am still so proud of Atomic Mass for doing that. I mean, you can go back to our early episodes when when I was just a baby figuring out this podcast thing. Right. And I mean, we talked about it there, about Power Creep. We talked about maybe the need to update these characters and, and kind of revamp things. And we speculated on, on what that might look like. And from what I remember, they completely blew our expectations out of the water in a very good way. Well, yeah, because we were expecting maybe maybe some rules, tactic card, and banned and restricted list updates for sure. We got all that. We got more of that than we even thought. We got a bunch of tactic cards reduced in price. We got rules, clarifications, cleaning up of the rule book. We got more cards added to the banned and restricted list. And then, Chris, they hit us with the curveball. And you and I had to do two episodes covering all this because it was so in-depth. Episodes 80 and And 81. I was happy to do it. Happy to do it. Episode 81, we went through every single character card change, 
all the Guardians being updated, a lot of the core set Avengers being updated, Ghost Rider being updated, Ebony Ma being updated. The list goes on and on and on. There's so many characters, even some of the strong characters being nerfed slightly. These are all positive changes for the game. And you and I are really excited to live during this time to cover this on the show, but also just like to experience the game in its new form, which is no one's really cracked the code yet, which is very exciting. It's awesome. The 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 meta is wide open. We're seeing a lot of Sam Swarm, but I don't foresee that trend really continuing. I think people are going to get used to playing against it. Not that it's a bad squad or right. that that it's it's got any weaknesses. I think it's just going to go down in the meta because it's not going to be the new hotness. That's really it. Yeah, it's it's the new hot good guy team, right? That's consistent. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that team being very up there and and number of people playing them and wins and everything it's when they stay there for another year maybe that'll be a problem but i just i just don't see that happening with some of these big threat characters that are coming in man i think they might just be designed to plow through swarm style lists i i just could see juggernaut running over entire avengers you know squats but that's just me i don't know i'm i'm only okay at this game well and people are starting to play core set avengers again chris steve's avengers because steve got such a massive buff and like well and tony yeah steve and tony like they're still some of the best models in the game you can get bang for your buck like they're just so good and almost everywhere and i think steve's avengers now is probably the biggest winner out of everything and sam is real man in steve's team and that's something i'm going to try out soon how cool is that yeah that's that's pretty cool and let's also not forget the Hulkbusters, the Hulkbusting Avengers. Ugh. We got our first triple affiliated team this year. We got three leaders within one team. A huge change for this game, Chris, is, is spelling positive things for the future, where it's like you can bring three leaders and motto affiliated teams potentially in the future. And that's going to be such an exciting place to be, switching your leadership, depending on your matchup, your play style. Oh, I'm so ready for it, man. I'm so ready for more of that. And I think this year is the year of multi-leader affiliations. I said it in the Illuminati roundtable. As a prediction, I have no insider information. It's something I'd just like to see. And I'm hoping this is the year where they fill out affiliations more, give us more leaders, rather than adding a bunch of new affiliations. Because I think last year was the year of a bunch of new affiliations. 100% flesh out those rosters. Well, you just mentioned your prediction for the year, so I want to say mine. You and I have have given this sentiment before, okay. but this year, to me, is going to put a, just an added emphasis upon tactics cards. We're going to see more specialized tactics cards now that we've got 10 slots. We're going to see more individual tactics cards. Let's be honest, guys. The tactics cards have been getting better. They unlocked the, the the powers, the superpowers, the keys to making those very fun, very interactive. Now they're moving on to really dialing in these tactics cards and bringing in some game-changing elements. Not that there aren't already. I just, look, I that's just my guess. I think that we're going to see some pretty cool tactics card play this year. I agree with you, Chris. I think this is a big year for that. And to book in what you said, I also think it's like a year that I hope AMG kind of like puts death to the generic tactics cards in some ways. Not in a bad way where it's like, we're going to get some generic tactics cards throughout the year, of course. But I hope this year we get the least amount and this is the year we get the most named tactics cards and people start feeling really specialized in their 10 slots they choose. Exactly. And that will just open things up more. 
the more viable squads we have, viable characters we have, the more players we're going to get. Look, man, it's really cool running out, oh, I don't know, Cable, one of my favorite comic mm-hmm. book characters. I know I said that we broke up as best friends, but I still like him. <laughs> After not loving him in the past, you know? You and I talked about this on the show early on. Oh, I know. It's It's been a very emotional roller coaster with me and Cable. But I love it. You know, it's awesome to to run a character that you've been reading since you were a kid and loving wow. since you were a kid, like yeah. Spider-Man, out onto the table. And not only are they good, but they're it feels like you're like them. It, the power set is spot on. It's just mm-hmm. AMG is just dialed in. And now we're going to get to throw in some some just wild tactics cards that are coming this year. I just know they're coming. I know they're coming. Things like the fastball special, for instance, like not only is that incredible, exciting, thematic, opens Colossus and Wolverine in different ways, but it's like an additional superpower on Colossus and Wolverine's card, but it's a one-time use. You know, it's one of those things like you're unlocking more out of the characters by bringing that tack card. That's the direction I want to see with tack cards going forward. I've always had a soft spot for these tack cards, Chris. Like tack cards like We Are Groot, you know, where it's like Groot heals the whole team for one turn. He can't do it all game. He does it one time. That is so thematic of the character and powerful if played at the right time. But people were too afraid to take him because they were niche characters or scenarios when they take them with eight slots, et cetera, et cetera. That has changed now. I'm very excited for the future of this game with that. And I think is, you know, we all play this game to have fun and these new tact cards are going to be even more fun too. That's very important. I like fun. I like fun a lot. Well, and that is going to bring us to our next episode, episode 82, where we kind of continue the Spider-Foes. And I just want to say, uh, 79 Lizard, uh, Curtis Connors. That's when we started the Spider-Foes. Yeah, that's when we started it. Yeah, that was a, what an interesting and horrifying lore Curtis Connors has. Just truly. Yeah. Craven, though, uh, really enjoyed Really enjoyed diving into his history, you know, his since he's been brought back to life and things. Very iconic character just because of the design. And it's kind of just fun reading his stories because they look cool. Like, I'm I'm not usually that type of person, but just going to be honest, like, Craven the Hunter is a very cool looking character. Yeah, and I think he's one of the lesser known characters on this list of characters we did this year, Chris, easily. He's one of the bottom tier and notoriety and general public known so it was really fun to do him. And if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely check it out because we cover what actually makes Craven tick, what he's all about. And really proud of that one because that's kind of the direction we're going with our future lore and strategy episodes is kind of like the way we've been doing the street level stuff onward. And we've kind of been homing homing in on it, Chris, with the spider foes. And we've got more spider foes coming very soon. We're trying to home in on this, like giving you the full picture of their lore and their strategy, but also making it as rich and deep as possible and giving you the full essence of the character in their lore and, and in the game in our format that we feel comfortable with that without dragging it on forever for you. Right. And boiling it down to, like you said, the essence of the character. I think that's a perfect word choice and not so much how many times, you know, Spider-Man punched him in the face or or whatever. More about their motivation, what they represent in Marvel Comics in the 616. And like you said, what makes them tick? And it's just, it's a lot of fun really kind of getting into that. And even what some characters represent outside of comics when that is applicable. Absolutely, Chris. And closing out the year of 2021, we did our Marvel Cinematic Universe 
the Eternals review episode, and then we did our Spider-Man No Way Home review episode. Back to back, closing it out, just finishing off the MCU for this year, finishing our show for the year. We have a lot of thoughts on both those episodes, actually. We do, and we still have to get into uh, Hawkeye. Yep, which we will. And hey, guys, Eternals is on Disney Plus already. Uh, If you didn't get to go watch it in theater, go check that out on Disney Plus. Just came out, right? Yeah, so very exciting. And if you watch the Eternals on Disney Plus, then check out our episode because (laughs) we've got a lot of good and a lot of bad to say about that movie, Chris. And, you know, we, we definitely think it's worth watching. And maybe our episode will help you understand more of the minutia of it because Chris gets into a lot of the deeper lore and the history, clarifies a lot of things. So I'm really excited about that. Chris did a really good job on that. We look at the movie really honestly through the lens of had some really high highs and some low lows for us. It was a different feeling than Black Widow. It's a lot harder to quantify for me personally than Black Widow was, which was kind of more just generically okay or bad the whole time. The Black Widow movie... The, the longer I go on, it's it was just a device to get Florence Pugh in the MCU. Honestly. Scarlett Johansson, her movie, even though it was way too late, should have fallen in the timeline the right way. They did her dirty in that way. I'm a big ScarJo fan. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, F- Florence Pugh, goodness gracious. Yeah, that's what we got out of it. And I'm very happy about Florence Pugh and David Harbour to return as the Red Guardian, please. Oh, yeah, that'll be awesome. <laughs> and bring in Rachel Weisz, too, like as the original Black Widow. Like, there's a lot of cool things here, but they didn't really explore any of it in the movie, which is really sad. But they're setting up threads for the future. But yeah, Chris, right. Eternals, we worked really hard on that episode. I know less people listen to our MCU episodes. That's just how it goes with our podcast because we have a really devoted MCP fan base. And that's okay. That's true, Chris. It is okay. But we hope our enthusiasm for the MCU will pass to you in some ways because we have some of the most enthusiasm for the MCU than anyone I know, but we also have a lot of critical thoughts about it too. And I think that's a good balance. Well, look, I make this point in in those those episodes, but uh, I'll put it out here for any uh, of our MCP-only folks still listening. Look, the MCU release schedule really informs the release schedule of Marvel Crisis Protocol. Uh, to understand the MCU is to understand a little bit of what's going to come down the pipe for MCP. And I'm not saying it's anything you have to do, anything you have to care about or watch. I, it's just it's just a fun little bonus for those of us that are into both. Absolutely. Now, Chris, we end our year with the Spider-Man No Way Home review. This episode was huge. It was it was a big record. It was a big edit. I'm very proud of it. That's the way I close a year too, man. That was a movie. That was a movie. I'm excited to talk to you about our personal Spider-Man movie rankings in the future. Well, I've got some thoughts on that. So that's something we'll save for After Dark. Yeah. Sounds like an After Dark episode to me. Uh, I thought it was just over beers convo, not <laughs> and not an episode at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So we'll get some uh, good discussion on that. Do some Spider-Man content soon. It still blows my mind, Chris. You and I talked about this during the episode, and we still kind of hang on our hats on this, where it's, we have 27 films in the MCU now, and this is easily the top 10 and probably the top five. And that is saying a lot. That should tell you enough. And then if you're a Spider-Man fan, and then if you're like a fan like me, where you're a Spider-Man fan that had so much connection with the last 20 years of Spider-Man films, the puzzle pieces start all coming together, and it's almost too much, honestly. It's, it's almost too emotional. I teared up in that movie. Many times. Yeah. I mean, I teared yeah. up when we were doing the episode and we're 
recollecting the plot. <laughs> well, it's hard not to remember that certain redemption arc and not get a little teary eyed. Absolutely. And some of the some of the major emotional plot points too are just the way they hit and the timing of them are just perfect. Oh yeah. Tough. But that was our year in review, Chris. Very exciting year. Only thing we didn't do was Falcon and Winter Soldier, unfortunately. It's okay with me. But you and I talked about, you and I made a decision with Loki going forward that we we're going to cover all MCU shows and movies in some capacity, whether it's the main show or the After Dark series. And Falcon and Winter Soldier was before that. And What If was before that too. Same with WandaVision was before that. And I think WandaVision was stellar. But really, it just shows the state of MCP because you and I were releasing episodes weekly, sometimes twice weekly during the spring and summer, and we could barely keep up with MCP. And we couldn't add the depth of WandaVision or even just like the week-to-week fun of Falcon Winter Soldier into that format, Right. unfortunately. Something we're going to try this year, but you know, MCP always comes first. We live in the same city now, so that, that will start. help. But yes, MCP does always come first. And I mean, before the episode... We're guys. We're both in the lab. We've both got ideas <laughs> for true. some uh, some weird teams, and hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to uh, record an episode about them or a couple months, whatever. Hopefully, you listeners just listen to me and Omnis's latest episode about the Guardians because Omnis held me back. We did not go swarm. We went a different direction with the Guardians. So ah, uh, it's very exciting. I am just <laughs> flabbergasted by this. Yeah. So a lot of fun stuff like that coming for the year, but MCP always comes first, then MCU movies come second, and then the shows come next. But we're really going to try our best effort this year to cover all of it, keep you guys in the know. Keep us in the know. Keep us keep us all excited. Because I think, Chris, this year is going to be quite possibly the most exciting year of Fury's Finest because I hope so. MCP is in full swing. We've got this full new <laughs> errata list, right? Which is insane. And we got a full year of releases. And we got a full year of MCU shows and movies in full swing, which we have not had since the life of this show starting in September of 2019 where I started the show, and then we launched in October. That's a crazy thing to think about. It's a big year. It's very exciting. I can't even fathom, Chris, the amount of shows we have this year. And then you add MCP on top of that, and then you add movies. It's going to be a good year like for us to do content, and hopefully the listeners are going to enjoy it with us. So we just got to figure out a way to squeeze Star Wars content in there, right. and we'll just be recording every night. <laughs> it's true. Or playing TTS with the patrons. I know, right? Because that league is going to be going all year as well, which is very Cannot exciting. wait. You know, let's also not forget in-person games, in-person tournaments, OP kits, ultimate encounters. This is a year of all of it, man. It's big. It's going to be great. And I, for one, cannot wait. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's finest follow the show on social media check us out on twitter at furious finest cast and find us on facebook and instagram and twitch at furious finest email us at furious finest at gmail.com with any inquiries and leave us reviews on your podcast app of choice it really helps us out thank you for that thanks to approaching nirvana for our intro and outro music and like jesse said guys help spread the word about our show rate review and subscribe every little bit helps and i am not kidding I know you're tired of hearing that from every podcast you listen to. It's true, though, Chris. It really helps shows grow. And I I said it earlier this year, and I'll say it again. Our numbers don't lie. A lot of people listen to this show, and we are in the gaming charts all over the world, different countries. It's absolutely insane. 
it's because of you guys listening, subscribing, and rating the show. We can't thank you enough because MCP is growing, we're growing, and people are getting into the game. It's great. Let's grow together. Let's grow together. <laughs> you can find Chris and I on social media. You can find me, Jesse, on Twitter, Instagram, and that Facebook group at my name, Jesse Aiken, J-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. Chris, where can everyone find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. Um, Maybe I'll tweet again. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I've been tweeting a lot more. We'll it's very exciting. I'm starting to post actually all my builds for MCP and Legion now on Twitter. Oh, good. Again, so. Good. I like that. Because uh, we need to get the conversation off Facebook. We do. And I'm very passionate, Chris, about growing our community here in Oklahoma and then other places for MCP and Star Wars Legion in particular. So still working on the terrain, still working on the boards, always trying to build stuff, trying to get people hyped for the game. So I post all that on my Twitter. Check it out. But Chris, that was our retrospective of the year 2021. We are now fully in 2022. Got a new year of MCP. You know, you and I are biting our tongues because AMG is dropping new content for the X-Men left and right on their blogs. We're trying to hold back. Wait till we have all the information and the X-Men in our hands, but there's a lot coming soon. We're still in the throes of the Spider-Foes season of Fury's Finest. So much, man. So much good stuff coming. And more we don't even know about. Absolutely. So stay tuned, y'all. But hey, guys, that's it for this episode. If you get that Domain of the Dread Dormammu kit and play it, reach out to me and let me know how it went, because I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear the creativity of the community on that. That's it for today. So thanks for listening, true believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Tin Buck says you're wrong. 